Hey there, welcome back to another episode of This Is My Story. I'm your host, Kevin, and we are excited and passionate about your story. We believe that the greatest story on the planet is the gospel, which is Jesus Christ, who's literally come to give his life for us. So if you're looking to discover who God is, great, stick around. Love to have you join this conversation. And if you know the Lord, my hope is that you get excited, enthusiastic about all of the work that God has done in your life. Our stories are so much more than the day we got saved. They're the continuation of the gospel, the continuation of us finding hope and life and peace in our life and in our story through finding Jesus at the center of it. And so that's our passion. That's our aim. Thank you for joining in on this episode. Today, I have an amazing guest. He's a good friend of mine. About 11 years ago, we did a documentary film on him. His name is Brian Sumner, pro skateboarder, been around since Tony Hawk days. And I uh, found Jesus. He's from Liverpool. You're going to love his accent. It's awesome. I can't quite do it like he does. So I'm not going to try. But anyway, I want to introduce him, but before I do, I want to thank our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this show, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's not health insurance, but it's the longest standing uh, cost sharing ministry on the planet, uh, global, uh, all 50 states. So if you're looking for some sort of alternative healthcare that's affordable, that's biblical, I, en I encourage you to check out Christian Healthcare Ministries. My wife and I love them. It's simple, it's easy. If you have a medical thing, you submit your uh, expenses for reimbursement, and just like that, you get. Uh, all your bills paid. So it's been a blessing. And thanks for Word of Life. Word of Life is an amazing Christian ministry based out of New York headquarters there, but they're global. Uh, I want to encourage you to check them out. If you're looking for a biblical education for students, your kids, or you yourself as an adult, they have semester long uh, Bible classes that you can join in on. They have a whole two-year program, which is actually turned into now a four-year program. So I love them. Biblical, awesome college, awesome camp ministries. And so Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation that I've had with Brian, and thanks for sharing, liking this video, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Hit that bell notification. That way, when we put out a new uh, weekly episode, you'll be able to be notified of it. All right, here's our conversation. Man, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a wild journey, bro. Now you're retired, right? Like, move, moving on. Um, so. I'm 42, so I don't, you know, here's what's funny, especially if we're jumping into this, is when I came to faith, it was just like I'd spent so many hours a day focused on my skating yeah. and God wanted to restore my marriage. So there was just a shift. And it wasn't like I was like, I don't care about skating. I was focused on this woman. I was focused on redeem, you know, redeeming my family, not just my faith. Now God is going to work, but on them. And so that's where it all kind of changed. And I'll skate as much as I want to. I'll do things with skating, but I'm just focused on people. So whatever that looks like, I still have a pro board. I still, you know, put graphics out and I'll put things out there for kids and churches. But I mean, I'm focused on reaching people. So yeah. Man, dude. <laughs> now growing up in Liverpool, how was it that um, you found the Lord? Uh, explain a little bit of that story to our audience. Yeah, guys, you have to hear this. Um, it, it sounds like I'm just pushing buttons when I say this, especially when I'm preaching. Yep. I didn't meet one Christian growing up. So there was a girl that was a Jehovah Witness. There was another girl and her mom that were Mormon. There was a lot of Muslim friends that I had. But in England, you just, you know, Christianity, I didn't even use that word. You just like, oh, people are Catholic. They go to the Church of England. But we had never heard of Charles Spurgeon. Even you talk about Martin Luther. I mean, these great preachers like, you know, J.C. Ryle and all, you know, Martin Lloyd-Jones. No, God was just a thought where you and me go camping or we go skating or whatever, fishing. And in the end of the day, you say, 
Oh man, I wonder if Bigfoot's real. Oh man, I wonder if God's real. That was it. So Liverpool was like, and you know what's funny? It's very spiritual, like a lot of Ouija boards, a lot of palm, palm reading, a lot of like ghost stories and craziness, but God does not exist in anyone's mind. We're like evolution, we're apes, new ageism, you know, big Beatles. I mean, people got to get this. The Beatles influence is huge. When the 60s and 70s happened, the Beatles were the biggest band in the world. Liverpool is a thriving, eclectic city. So many people groups. This whole kind of Buddhist, Hindu, New Age, accept everything, which is great if you're not a believer, like, hey, just coexist. Yeah. That was the melding point I was raised in, and, and that was it. No clue about God. More than ever, the world is becoming like that. You know, there's pockets where we're seeing God really yeah. move um, in different parts of even Asia. But even here in the U.S., as we we start to open up our minds to uh, including all things, all religions, all beliefs. Yep. I do know like several of my friends have gotten saved, but at some point along the way, they themselves either sat at a campfire. You know, one of my buddies board member was, mm. was having some beers at a campfire one night amongst the not, not non-believer <laughs> friends. And, and he had been on a journey where he was looking up to God that night in the stars and was just like, God sp spoke to him by himself in the seat and just like, mm. I'm real, I'm real. How do you think this got here? And, uh, and all the buddies at the campfire were mocking it. Like, bro, there's no way God's real. There's no, no way Christianity exists. Like, mm. you know, none of all that's man-made. And, you know, he's, he sat there and basically was like, um, you know, it's like, no, that's, you guys are bashing like God, like he's created this. He had know? that conviction already, yeah. huh? But it got me thinking like that there's a lot of people that are pondering God silently in their heart. Yeah. And as God talks about in his word, like even the rocks cry out, like people can't look at nature and, and say, Hey, there is no God. Nature is actually yeah. the very, you know, edification yep. the, the shouting from the heavens that I'm here. Yep. So yeah. yeah. Walk, walk <laughs> me through like, you know, your journey from like, yeah, could there yeah. be a God to the finally the point when you're introduced to Jesus and hear the gospel? Well, you know, one of the dangerous things about even today, and I'll go in reverse is, we want to be respectful, we want to be loving, we want to be all inclusive. So we're like, hey, whatever works for anyone. But if you allow that boundary to grow, that's almost like I can be like, okay, you know, this, this lamb of my kids is like God to me. And you're like, okay, Brian, that's cool. We're at a stage in history where we're like, just don't fight with people, don't argue, you know, the coexist idea, where for me, People got to get this. Coming from England, we're very literal. We have a dry sense of humor, but England was somewhere that, you know, we came out of the war. You're talking about 1939, 1945. We're trying to rebuild a nation. Very literal. Okay, we evolved, big brick statues. You got the church. I didn't think about God, but my family worked hard. I worked hard. You know, even as a kid, diligence in school. Now I get to 13, 14, pick up a skateboard. Skateboarding becomes my life. Obviously, my story is, you know, eventually moving to America. But the thoughts I had those years were just like, um, when I die, where do I go? I don't know. Maybe ghosts are real, maybe spirits. But I never really thought about God that much until later on, after coming to America and making great money, after becoming, you know, a known pro skater, after getting married and things began to fall apart, that I stop and say, I got to think about some things, you know, I'd love to hear the story about your wife and you, because listen, I mean, as we think about how the gospel transforms <laughs> our lives, like it's not just about heaven that we need Jesus. Like 
we're broken with every even day with knowing Jesus. So yeah, yeah I definitely want to get to that point and, and uh, yeah. talk more about that. But yeah, walk us through your, your skate career and, and how all that got started. Well, maybe even I'll put it like this. You know, my wife was born and raised here in Huntington Beach. I mean, Hispanic family, Native American heritage, Italian family. Wow, so she's cool. heavily Catholic with the mindset of, you know, the rosaries and going to church, but it's more like Italian kind of um, ritual. I'm raised without any of that. So then I'm 13. I watched Police Academy 4. Anyone knows <laughs> my story. You know, that's what showed me what skateboarding was. Uh, on vacation in America a few months later, getting my first skateboard at the age of 13, realizing you can ollie and there's tricks and there's grinds. And for me, it wasn't just the skating looked like fun, but Liverpool was kind of violent, aggressive, um, a lot of fights, a lot of gangs, people getting high, starting to do acid, ecstasy, the rave scene. I'm 13, 14, 15. How do I stay away from that? Well, here's skateboarding. And baggy pants, you know, and Adidas and Pumas and Nikes and all the rest of it. Fell in love with it. The magazines and the videos fell in love with them. Now you're two years in and my diligence from, you know, martial arts or looking up to Bruce Lee and working hard because of my parents. I'm getting in some magazines. I'm winning some competitions. I'm getting noticed. Some of the English companies had gone to America. I get invited to go. I'm riding for Tony Hawk. I'm 15, 16, you know, and most people know this part of the story. As skating blows up, I'm in the right place at the right time, kind of yeah. a couple year generation behind the pioneers who came over from England, you know, all the flip guys and the rest. There's me, you know, black hair, kind of before the even, he, the even emo thing hit, it was kind of, I was just this kid with black hair who just wore all black and skated. Yeah. And in the magazines and the punk rock music, it blows up. I stand out because of the strong accent, way stronger than this at the time. You know, I've been here 26 years now. I couldn't Spent imagine it my being life. much stronger than this. Oh, though. it's so <laughs> strong. If you go to interviews, and I mean, the language I'm using, because, you know, I, I say Brian, but there it's Brian. So, you, oh, I like, yeah, what yeah. You, oh, what are you doing, lad? You wouldn't even know what I'm saying. So now I'm here, skating's blowing up. And I always say, you know, you're making four or 500 bucks a month, meaning, your sponsors are covering, you know, your apartment and you've got money and you're an amateur, then you're professional. Now you're getting paid from boards and shoes and tech decks and video yeah. games and, and everything. So sometimes you're making 10, 20, $30,000 a month yeah. at 18, 19, but you don't know God. And the Bible says, what does it benefit man, me, you, anyone, if you gain this whole world, but lose your soul. And what we're reading there is Whatever you can accomplish in this life, whatever you can have, at the end of it all, you're still going to enter the grave and you can't take that with you. From dirt you came to dirt you'll return, you know, we yep. take nothing with us after this life. Never really thought about it. And now at 19, I fall in love again, obviously not with skateboarding, but with a girl from California, Tracy. And I always joke, she drives on the wrong side of the road, you know, yeah. speaks with an accent, dares to call, you know, football, soccer. Yep. But I say that to say my life was kind of perfect. Like I made it out of Liverpool, not to just Liverpool, but I didn't see a future. A lot of people getting into gangs or go to college and just do whatever. It was like skating was my dream. The sun, the weather, the red curbs, you know, the free stuff. I made it over here that I'm making money and now I'm falling in love with this girl. And we were together for four or five months, but it was so good that I couldn't picture going back to England without her. 
So we drove out to Vegas, didn't tell anyone but two of our friends, and got married, not because I wanted to be a citizen. We just couldn't dare to be apart. And what's crazy is yeah. I won't even go into what day it is today till a little bit further along in my testimony. But we go out to Vegas. We get married on December 8th and pregnant within a few months. Fast forward now, it's like I'm on top of the world. You know, you're in the magazines, the videos more. Everywhere you go with Tony Hawk, you're signing this and that. All kinds of business deals coming your way. And all you've got to do, Kevin, is just skate a couple hours a day, yeah. hang out. But, you know, responsibility kicks in. Maybe some of your listeners are way younger. They don't realize that yet. Yeah. As you get older, a bit more conservative in your thinking, life begins to change. Now we're fighting. Now there's issues. You know what? This isn't working. Maybe someone else is better for me. Maybe someone else is better for her. Yeah. Soon we're divorced. I'm angry. And it was the first time in my life. And I would encourage our listeners of all the things you think about, of all the ideas you have, how many of them have you really sat on with the goal of making sure it's factual, it's truthful? Because I hadn't. I was a very philosophical thinker. I wanted to go to school, college, university, study philosophy, just because Bruce Lee said he did. I just yeah. liked yeah. hearing about the world. You know, this is our oyster. Let's enjoy it. But when you're divorced and depressed, and I wouldn't say depressed like I'm bummed. I'm a depressed guy where I'm like, I'm angry. I'm going to go listen to music. I'm going to go party in LA. I'm going to go do whatever. I'm, I'm the depressed guy that's doing stuff. I'm not like yeah. in the room, like, whoa, is me. I'm like, I'm were you also go. suicidal at that point? or were you I more, was. I you? was to the point where it was more like if you and me were hanging out, I know we didn't know each other back then, but it could be like I could have a late night conversation with you. And I think about it if I lived in Texas. Where do you guys live right now? You're Orlando in. now, but I'm from Texas originally. So picture you and me growing up together, and I'm just used to having guns around. I'm used to, yeah. you know, in England, just even seeing a gun is like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're going to kill someone. That's how we think. Yeah. But if I grew up in Texas, the amount of times I got mad of a night when smashed the wall in or punched the windshield of a car or shouted at someone or got crazy, yeah. there's no way I wouldn't have gone and just got a gun and just been like, yeah. done. Can people do that? Sadly. Yeah. And Sadly, I'll tell yeah. you, most people that try to do it, it doesn't work. They're like, what was I thinking? That's where I was. So I was suicidal in that sense. But what I really wanted was just life to work out. I actually wanted yeah. my marriage to work. You know, it was a love-hate relationship. So as that's going on, I remember looking up, like, I remember looking up, like, physically and saying, God, I'm going to prove you're not real. To the listeners, listen, if there's no God, we don't matter. If there's no God, I went outside my house this morning, you know, going to jujitsu, and there's a cat chasing a squirrel around, there's a dead animal in the road. If there's no God, that's us. We're just roadkill. We don't yeah. matter. If I would have yeah. killed today, it might matter to you. Oh, sucks. Brian died before the podcast. Or my wife's like, oh, this sucks. But really, yeah. we just evolved. We're apes. Get over it. Who the president is, what happens to someone's kids. If yeah. cancer shows up, whatever. That's as far as I thought. And I said, God, I'm going to disprove who you are. Because if there's no God and I wasn't made, then I don't matter. Even all these emotions I have, even all these passions I have, even the feelings I have for my son, I'm fighting with this woman. It's crazy. I'm done. So through that, I began to read the Bible to challenge God. And immediately God speaks. Genesis 1, let us make man in our image. I'm made in your image. Why does my life suck? Well, you guys yeah. ate of the tree. You died spiritually. You know, and you know that, you know, for yeah. me, where my story goes, I began to read the Bible to disprove it. 
trying to fix my life, but God was showing himself true to me. And I would challenge your listeners. You might say I was a Christian or I did go to church or I used to believe. No. Do you understand the picture of the Bible? I didn't. I never thought, why do we die? God says none of us are good. God says we've sinned. Well, I've never sinned. Someone says, well, if you told a lie, you're a liar. Yeah. So you and I, Kevin, we're aging right now. We're getting older right now. You know, we're going to pass away one day because of this cursed world. I've never thought about that. And as I'm going through the Old Testament, hearing about lambs being shed and scapegoats dying outside the city and blood put over doorposts because of their sin. I'm a vegan at the time. I don't want to kill animals. This sounds barbaric. Yeah. And then you get to the New Testament, you know, yeah. 4,000 years after the fact, generations of scribes and papyrus and holy scriptures. And here comes John the Baptist speaking of his cousin, the final lamb of God. Who yeah. take, wait, wait a minute. Are you saying all those lambs were sacrifices pointing to the once and for all sacrifice? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Are you saying the scapegoat that died outside the city is a picture of Jesus? Well, yes. And the blood that was shed over the door is the same kind of blood that will be shed for us. So now yeah. I've heard about God. I've looked at Buddhism, Hinduism, Rastafari, all these different faiths. I knew about God. I didn't know him. I bought this house. and I thought to myself, I'm going to be around my son till he's five or six. At least he'll know I love him. And if my life's crazy, I can just take my own life. Who cares? My ex-wife was living here. And I remember coming home that night from a community service thing I was doing in a church. The pastor had preached. And I came home, got in a huge fight with my ex-wife. And I was like, I'm done. And I went in the room. It's 20, 20 feet away in my office. I had one kid, you know, my wife, ex-wife. She was asleep in this room at 12 o'clock at night. I literally said, I remember looking up to God like, I'm coming to you, God, to fix my life, which just whatever that means. Does that mean like I want to feel better? Does that mean I don't want the pain of what I feel? Does it mean I want to go chase someone else? I don't know. I was just sick of everything. So I'd accomplished so much in this small bubble of time. It wasn't enough. You know, it's like I needed more of it to be satisfied. And I went to God. It was the first time I'd realized the gap between you and me, God, my sin I feel the weight and the burden of it. It was the first time all those verses, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, God walked in our midst. It was the first time all that became real. And I sat on my knees in that room and said, God, I need forgiveness. I lay down my life. I'll give you my skateboard. I'll get baptized. I'll remarry that woman. And it was the realest moment of my life that I felt the presence of God. And I don't mean Old Testament where no one can see God and live. I mean, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of all, listen, I read every Bruce Lee book you could. I was into all these bands and Buddhism, Hinduism, Lao Tzu, Tao Te Ching, all Eastern philosophy. So many times people say, well, Brian, you should study other religions. I've studied them. I've heard about 300 million other gods, gods that you can create in your own image, all the rest of it. In that instant, God did what he claims he would do in John 3. You cannot see the kingdom Nicodemus, lest you're born again. I was born again. I sat there laughing and crying. I can't believe this is real. Why did no one tell me? Where are all the Christians? Oh my gosh, I got to tell my family. I came in this room. I laid down. My son's asleep. My ex-wife sits up like a zombie and gives this like 10 minute speech about all the stuff I just been praying. And she is not the one who talks like she's the mellow one. You know, I'm the talker. I'm the English guy. 
And so I'm just, I just sit lay down and say, okay, cool. I wake up the next day thinking I'm going to follow God. We're going to work this out. And she's like, you're crazy. You're not Catholic. You're not baptized. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you think you're going to heaven. And I just said, I'm going to follow him within three weeks. She went to church. She heard the gospel, had her own crazy story with how the preacher who'd never been there, literally pointed at her, had her come down, pray with her. We were remarried in three months. And today, what is it? Wednesday, December 8th, 107 p.m. for our listeners. It's our 22nd anniversary. We remarried. I did jujitsu this morning with my son, who's now 21. My daughter, Eden, is out here. And my son, Jude, doing school. You know, then we're going to take him out for the day for our anniversary. So God restored our marriage. This is my story of how he redeemed us. You know, the Bible says we're living epistles read by all men. And the yes. testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So to those hearing, when I go speak at a school or a college or university, I'm saying this, and I have my kids run on the stage and they go, wait a minute, you should have been dead. You, you were divorced. You were hating what was happening in life, but the grace of God. So today I'll see all my family. Well, here's the thing, guys, even if God didn't restore my marriage, he saved my soul, which is the most important thing. And wherever I would be now, this many years later, it would look different. But God is good and faithful. So yeah. amen. that's it. That's 2004 when I came to faith. I was baptized. And since then, I just said, Lord, what do you want to do with these hands and these feet? And that's been what I've been asking every day. Yeah, so. dude. And it, it is, dude. It's amazing. Like I, I get goosebumps thinking about like, I look at in the back of your house there and I just think about, I know there was nights when you were yelling and screaming and there was oh gosh, just the pain of the, all of those years of suffering. I think there's like a punch mark on this wall. Because <laughs> you know, in England, we're passive aggressive. So yeah. you and me walking down the street. Hey, Americans can be that way too. They can, but they get out the truck, tell you they're going to beat you up. English they people do. just headbutt you. And so I hope even to the skate world, to the Christian world, to the unbelieving world, that when they hear about my story, they know it's God's story. Yeah. And he's still doing a work in the world through this. So when I was hanging out with you, we we're doing your story, which by the way, we'll put the link. So oh, many yeah. Links, so many links I want to put down below in the podcast here, <laughs> but for definitely one of them is, is the story that you and I did together of your testimony. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's just, it's just a sweet picture of the details of you and your family and your life and your story. And the so kids a little, I mean, yeah. the Jude, Jude was in like, Jude's 11 now. So that was 11 years ago. Yeah. And I'll send you just for those listening. When people say, is it like a Brian Sumner ministry? Well, no, because it's all God's. But this is my story is the covering that God has given for you guys to focus on. Yeah. For me, it's missions, marriages, ministry. Yeah. Because, you know, if someone says, what does Brian do? Well, I'm an evangelist, so I want to reach people. You know, marriage is because ours fell apart. So I wrote a marriage book. and I do a lot of marriage counseling and preaching, teaching. And then ministry is just whatever stuff like this, speaking at a school, going to a rehab. So I'll try and give you guys some good links. So you can just see, wow. And I'm only saying this because anyone that knows about skating, that you can take links of me to just hook them, to listen to this yeah. funny sound, an English guy, to listen to a gospel message story, pray, yeah. use it, redeem use it. Use it, you know? definitely. So, well, yeah. and one of the most powerful uh, skate uh, ministry tools that I've ever seen is the Foolishness uh, DVD. 
yeah uh, yeah or, or film or whatever it's just it is yeah. the explicit gospel it's just the story of jesus but there's a lot of great skating i mean you're narrating the whole thing so even yep. just having your accent just makes you feel like you're more engulfed in the whole process but <laughs> and I mean, it's strong and, and you know what i'll say i literally have that queued up on youtube which it's never been on youtube before you think it yeah. has but i have the rights to it where i own everything so i'm going to put it on youtube really soon so when i trigger it live i'll send you the link yeah because it's a 60 we'll minute it. video of the gospel, like, yeah. like hundred verses, all of its Christian music, like 20, 30 athletes. So yeah, it's amazing, amen. man. Yeah. You know, we end. I think uh, you remember partnering with uh, Brian and, and uh, Mark from uh, Ride yeah. Nature and we did the whole purpose film. That was another yep. great, great ministry tool. Mm -hmm. But um, talk about your marriage book because Emma yeah. and I read your book. We loved it. Um, it's a little deeper dive <laughs> on, on, Hey, let's, let's yeah. focus in on making sure that we we're not only yeah. saved and we're outwardly telling the world that we're believers, but at home behind closed doors, we're working on our marriage because listen, yeah. I'm sure you can testify that after you got right with the Lord, you got saved and your wife, Tracy got saved. <laughs> it didn't mean it was just like a paved road from there. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, right? Um, someone asked about my marriage book yesterday on a different podcast. And I said, the biggest compliment I've ever got is when my wife said, you know that chapter you wrote on this? Well, you should read that right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> so but, you good. Know, but, but it's true. And obviously she's being funny and we've known each other long enough, you know, that we know what we mean when it's those times. But really the goal is, I mean, if I were to say to you, Kevin, you know, what's the heart of the Bible? There's so many things you can say, but what I've come down to when I'm sharing on marriage is the heart of the Bible is marriage. Genesis begins with a marriage. Revelation ends with a marriage. And it's a story of a king called Jesus who came to defeat a serpent, Satan, to redeem his bride. And the reason this book is deep is I sat with a couple and she had been unfaithful to her husband. They literally messaged me. Five minutes later, after all the shouting and craziness, he was going to go upstairs, get his gun, kill the guy. Like, what am I doing? And they said, can we meet at Starbucks now? And so I'd always thought I'd like to write a book on marriage for my kids to write everything to them so they can have as, a, you know, as I go on or whatever, like more personal to them. And as I went and sat with that couple, I was like, Lord, what do I even tell them? And as I sat with them and he's all, you know, big and tattered and just bummed and she just feels the craziest she was repentant. He was willing to forgive. And like the Lord said, you can never forgive someone more than when you forgive a spouse for this. Like I can forgive you for stuff. You can forgive me, but the covenant you've made with one, with the spouse, you know, there's a supernatural work when you come to faith where God sealed you, Kevin, he redeemed you. He washed you in the blood. You're now adopted in the family. You know, his righteousness is imputed to you. They would say that's a miracle. Well, apparently when you got married, he did the same thing. So yeah. now when there's infidelity, there's a tearing and a breaking and a ripping, but God is still for forgiveness because that's the ultimate forgiveness person to person. So through that, they left, they were broken. And I thought, man, the 66 books in the Bible, but are they really going to go home shattered right now and be able to casually find all those verses in the Bible? Okay. So my goal was, what could I write to give them that couple Seven days went to 14 days, to 21 days, to 30 days. So it's a 30-day devotional. It's very serious. And I know I'm going long-winded, but here's why. As we were coming to faith and God was restoring our marriage, we met so many couples that were willing to walk out of their marriage for no good reason. 
And I would sit with them and I would say, and, they, and they'd say, we were raised in the church. Dad was a pastor. Grandpa was a pastor. You know, we think God messed up on our marriage. Like, no, 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 he didn't. And I would use that verse who God brings together, let no man separate. They go, oh yeah, we know. And I would say it again and again and again, because if it's really love, it will never fail. So the idea was, could I give you something for seven, 14, 30 days? And my goal in all of this is if it's really love and Christ center, it will not fail. Now, if you want yeah. to chase other people, if the grass is greener. It's a, it's a powerful book. And I think you're right. You hit on something really good on it just takes time um, committing to some regular habits some regular things. Emily and my wife and I, I mean, it's easy to fall out of that. I mean, it's yeah. easy to fall out of your own personal um, time and devotion with the Lord and uh, hey, t tonight, Emily, and I'm, yeah. this, I'm hanging up this podcast to go to counseling yeah. with Emily tonight. So, wow. Talk she about, needs some help, huh? She yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, we I, always be, say, I always say, pray for Satan didn't even show up till the woman showed up. You know, oh, but the joke is, joke is, think about it. When Adam was just there with God, and here's the people to hear, and this is powerful, and, and we should know this in scripture. God created everything, saw that it was good, but the only thing he saw that was not good was that man was alone, but he wasn't alone. He had God, he had the animals, no one was trying to kill him, there had never been sin, but God made Kevin knowing you were in need of a partner. This is before sin. So whenever there's conflict, and it's going to happen every day, look, I want to honor God. People listening, you talked about it earlier, but my sin nature doesn't want to. Does my wife always want to honor God and me? Well, sure, but not always. Do our kids always? I mean, do you want me to go film them right now and see? So the point is, in the midst of all of this, it's a daily dying to self, realizing you have an adversary. And we were going to call this book, and it will kind of minister to some people, death by marriage. And, you know, we laugh every time, but think about it. That's what Christianity is. Less of me, more of him. I must decrease. He must increase. So Brian should get humbler and more of a servant heart and better understanding his wife. And praise God that you guys are going, you know, for whatever reason, guys, we're joking. But I'm saying for you guys to go sit with someone, why shouldn't we be doing that? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're more stubborn and we're more spoiled. And they actually said in 2018 that by 2020, they believed 80% of millennial marriages would fail. Because, well, that's the car I have this year. Well, now I have this one. This is the school I go to. Well, now I have this. This is the band I'm into. Now I'm this. This is my spouse. Well, now I'm done with this. That's yeah. this generation. Our generation are the last of the ones that kind of will fight for it. I don't know how many 40-year-old marriages we're going to have in 20 years. You know, know what I mean? I mean, what we, we better, right? I mean, hopefully this podcast is getting people's attention. And of course. If, if you're if someone's listening and they they know of somebody who's struggling in their marriage, this is the time to send this podcast. Send oh yeah, send the resources to them because we, we've got to stand in the gap for those who've been married longer who look, we've been through the fire, we've been burned, and and we've understood what it's like to not only say, hey, yeah, I'm a believer, my marriage sucks, but there's there's a responsibility I have to Jesus as yeah. I believe in the gospel to actually take an inventory of my life and my relationship with, with God as it pertains to me being a husband, because that's going to dictate the future of my marriage. Well, if, if I say I'm going to stay married and I'm going to have a, a, a marriage that yeah. I thrive in, it's going to take work, and the gospel work is what I need. Yeah. So, I mean, the, what <laughs> I what did Jesus do for his marriage? He, bro, he laid his life it. down. 
Yeah, I, and, and I, so I'm at yeah. the point though where I, I I've had times in my marriage where I didn't want to give up because I wanted to see Emily change because there was whatever reason going on. I wanted to have more respect. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, whatever it might be, probably respect yeah. one of the greater things. And so that's always would, the greater thing yeah, for men. For men, so I would withhold my love from her, not not necessarily even intentionally, although at times it would get intentional because I I wanted yeah. so badly to see God change her in this way. She's beautiful yeah. and amazing in every way, but, but I need more of this Lord. And so, you know, that got me nowhere, obviously like nowhere except bad. And so what happens is like, even before mm. you come to know Jesus, there's these symptoms in your, in your life that, that are a part of sin. Right. So, and so as a non-believer, you hear, mm. you know, people say you're a sinner. It's like, look, we're not trying to condemn you. We're trying to save you. Like when I heard you that address was, where yeah. you are, we're going yeah. to, listen. well, you already feel it. Like you felt it earlier. We, I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Like just the yeah. feeling that you had of, of the, the loneliness in, in Liverpool oh. prior to ever knowing anything about, you know, Tony Hawk yeah. career being yeah. married or God, there was just this sense of, of loneliness that yep. is, is a proven self-evaluation that says yep. if why am i lonely if you could just ask certain questions like why yeah. am i angry why am i lonely and allow yeah. the gospel story of jesus to inform that question mm. we will be led to hope man it's been it's been powerful man uh, i think if i was going to ask you one maybe follow-up question mm. it would it would be on this idea of you know if look I, it's taken me a while to figure out my story and in the, in the context of who am mm. I, you know, and what makes my story really good? And why would someone want to hear it? I, I've said this before, but there's many times I didn't want to start this podcast because I didn't think I was the right person to have the conversation. Mm. And who am I, you know, why should I be sharing my story? Why should I be, you know, <laughs> asking someone else their story, you know? Um, and then as we've been traveling over the last few years doing ministry, I've, I've come to realize that this same fear mm. lives in most people, if not you know, majority yeah. of, of Christians. And it's healthy so, to a degree. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I remember in high school, I kind of had more of a puffed up view of my story, right? Because I was a mm -hmm. star athlete. So I, I mean, I, I put my identity in those things and kind of mirrored that to Jesus and saying, yep. oh, isn't, isn't God giving me an amazing testimony? But I would miss the quiet person in my high school class that, you know, many people mm. overlook, but God never overlooks anyone. And so even when I thought my testimony was some grandioso thing because of high school athleticism, you know, it's like, as you grow, which it was at that time, but, but, but it was misplaced, yeah. right? Like, yep. you know, God giving me the gifts and the skills to honor him and, and, and yes, enjoy my life that he's given me this, this, yeah. this passion to do these types of things like skateboarding. But uh, the truth is like, that wasn't what made my story powerful because the gospel is the story. So yeah. it really was yeah. more along the insecurities of my life, even surrounding my athleticism. Mm. I wasn't as good as the best person on the team. And so mm. those are the things that no one really knew, right? Because yeah. you don't let, you don't lead with that. That's a sign of weakness. So, you know, <laughs> as the gospel comes in to say, you're, I am your strength. Like I boast all the more, as Paul said, in my weaknesses. So Amen. as we hear the, the word of God and we start to realize this stuff is like nuts and bolts to the power of our story. Yeah. Um, talk to yeah. talk to me about that, because yeah. yeah, you're the skater. You've got an amazing ministry. But man, there's people listening. Maybe they're retired. Maybe they're in high school. Maybe they they work a normal job. What is what is it about the gospel yeah. within their story that they need to start kind of gravitating towards and start reminding themselves of? The greatest testimony is that you're dead in sin and God so loved the world and a sinner became a saint. But the reality is, look at what Paul did and you quoted it. 
he constantly boasted. I mean, even Moses, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Yeah, he says, Moses, one of the most humble men. I'm like, did God inspire that or is that you? Yeah. <laughs> Paul constantly boasted in what God was doing in his life. And there's a difference sitting back in the corner saying, woe is me. Isaiah said that. And the second God said, who's going to go? Isaiah was up on his feet because he got, I don't doubt for a second, any of the apostles, any of the prophets, anyone that is standing face to face with Jesus right now, if Jesus could say to them, hey, I'm not going to do this. I raised Lazarus once. But if you want to come back to the earth while COVID's on, while the president's going crazy as far as everyone's freaking out, while the world's looking crazy, who wants to go back and testify to me? I don't doubt that anyone who's standing before the throne of God who could get to come back and win some souls for the kingdom would not want to do that. So what you've got to realize is wherever you are in your life, you've got to be willing to be the testimony where you are, because guess what? You are chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy, the spirit of God that raised Jesus is in you. Not to walk around boasting, but like boasting in Christ. We all have the gospel in us. But your wife might have a story that relates to when she was five that God wants to use to that person that I do not have that story. The gospel is the power. But in that moment, God is going to use that. That's how I look at all of it. I hope that encouraged people to say, man, look around. He loves these people. And you will have these amazing experiences because the Holy Spirit's going to be there. I mean, the only reason I know that angels take their eyes off God and rejoice, I mean, they're still looking at him, but what is there in heaven that we ever hear that they do other than worship God is they dance and scream and worship because of sinner becoming a saint. Well, man, I'll, I appreciate you so much, man. It's been a great, great conversation. Anything, <laughs> uh, any closing words you'd like to have? Guys, you know, you can message me on Brian, on what Instagram I'm on, just my name, go on the website, do whatever. I'm just someone that tries to use social media to relate to people. If there's depression, pain, hurt, church, evangelism stuff, get a hold of me. The books out there on Amazon never fails. And then I do the podcast Foolishness, which is based around 1 Corinthians 118. And that's it. Just be praying for what I'm doing. You know, I'm around the nation or the world as time permits. And that's it. And I appreciate what you guys have been doing for years. You know, I'm sure I'll see you sooner than later or in heaven Amen. with guys. And that's it. And really just this all begins with a relationship with Jesus. None of us are above sin. We've all succumbed to it. He did a work on a cross to redeem us. And God bonded us, you know, as, as brothers in Christ years ago, decades ago. And so we're just trying to do our part to get his voice out. The apostle Paul would use his phone if he had one, the internet if he had one. He'd use whatever there is. So that's what we're doing. But we hope getting off this podcast, you consider that you might be wrong about, you're definitely wrong about, you know, I'm sure pastors might have treated you wrong or Christians and kooky things or the things you disagree with. But that's not Jesus, that's man. And we need grace and mercy for ourselves anyway. But look at who Christ is. Did God send the perfect sacrifice in the form of Jesus because he loved the world for you and me? And you have to find it out for yourself because that is his story, but you have a story as well. So amen. amen. Connecting those is the key. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, tell Tracy uh, and you happy anniversary. Thank you. I hope yeah. you guys, I uh, hope you maybe buy her a steak, <laughs> steak dinner or something tonight. That won't happen. She's vegan. So, oh, <laughs> shoot. Some broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Get her some asparagus. <laughs> well, listen, man, I uh, love you. Tell your family you all. Too. Hello, man. And uh, blessings to you. 
Have a good night, you guys. Take it easy. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it today, but we've got an hour and a half long conversation. So I'm going to be putting out a couple more uh, parts of our uh, phone call that we had together. You're going to love it. We're going to dive deeper into Brian and Tracy's marriage, uh, but I hope you gain so much out of this conversation just to see how God can work in, in using skateboarding or using anything in our lives uh, to bring us to a relationship with God. And what I loved most about hearing from Brian was the idea that he sat down to ponder God at the point of his life where he'd made it, uh, you know, financially in his career. And uh, yeah, he said it wasn't enough. And um, I know many of us have been there at some point where we're just kind of wondering, God, where are you at in this? And um, some of you may be wondering, is there a God? And I just want to encourage you uh, to sit down like Brian and say, God, even if it's your ambition to disprove God, when you get into his word, uh, you're going to find that his grace and his love and his whole story, it, it makes sense. And it's, it's true. And it can change your life, not just while you're living, but once you pass, once you go on to into eternity, and uh, there's nothing greater than have that have your soul be saved. And so God bless you guys. And remember this, your story matters more than you know.